0: I want to invite you to gently close your eyes, finding a comfortable position, be it lying down, sitting up, most importantly, finding your body deeply relaxed, checking in, taking a wonderful body scan, whatever that looks like to you remembering this body being your body breathing in and breathing out and as you do so simply start to watch your focus wander into your emotions allowing yourself the gentle opportunity to feel the abundance of all emotions coming up. Breathing in and breathing out, allowing these emotions to carry you. Taking one more breath in and a releasing breath out. The invitation now comes to your thoughts. Memories, ideas, simply percolating up for you to be the witness. Breathing in and breathing out. And with no rush, absolutely no urgency, take a moment to examine, witness, and honor your body, your emotions, and your thoughts. And when you're ready, opening your eyes to see the room, and most importantly, to see yourself a little differently than when we first started. Hi, it's Ryan. Welcome to your weekly dose of The Psychedelic Psychologist, where I invite my guests to share stories about their psychedelic experiences. We cover a variety of topics from overcoming addiction and severe depression to finding wholeness and a spiritual emergence. Today's podcast, you're going to hear from one of my guests, Genevieve, who has now been introduced to psychedelics most recently, and she shares the most wonderful expression of her journeys, her experience, and her desire to work with these psychedelic medicines. Genevieve, how are you coming in today?
1: I'm coming in today with a mix of things. I'm noticing both that like eager childlike excitement, <laughs> to, like talk about this amazing medicine and work, and then also a deep sense of calm and patience. That's so like a, above the end.
0: Yeah. This like buzz, like let's talk, yes. let's talk, let's dive in. Yeah. And then like, oh, a settling of the magnitude potentially, yes. I can imagine there is a yeah. magnitude. no?
1: oh gosh. Yeah, and it fuels the excitement. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. I can hear it in your voice. Tell me, would you have ever thought that we would be having this conversation about psychedelic medicines as a healing modality for you?
1: No, I I was unfamiliar with it as a option for healing until until it just revealed itself to me. I I've, I've heard of it before. It was something that you hear about in passing, but I never really, my attention never really landed on it as something that was interesting or that I was curious about or that I needed, right? It's like information comes in, it's like, and I assess whether or not I need it and then it goes out. And it wasn't until a recent experience a couple months ago that caused me, caused my body to just really remember some very traumatic past pain points, I call them, because I think the word trauma is very triggering so these past pain points came up in my body and I and I'm a meditator I do yoga very aware of watching the thinker knowing what my body's up to and when this provoking experience happened and I went into a panic attack and I couldn't breathe and I couldn't it was like somebody stirred up my brain I I couldn't I was watching myself shutting down and numbing and it was actually worse to watch myself because that, that that awareness was like, oh, things are really bad. Like you're so in it and you know, you're so in it and you can't get out of it. And that was a really terrifying experience to think that something from the external world, an event that happened to me. And it was quite simple in, in some respects, I guess. It was an email that I had received that had some information in it that was very critical. And so the, the event itself wasn't, no one would say, well, that's traumatic. No one would say that. But for my body and my past, it was incredibly traumatic. And it, when it went right to the core and the source of, of a wound that I clearly hadn't touched yet. And I was blissfully naive of that wound for decades. And it just, there happens in the middle of the day on a Friday at noon. And I've got kids at home and. And they, and you can't get out of it and you can't help yourself get out of it. And I think that was my hardest moment was this awareness of I can be aware of my pain. I can be aware that I'm having a panic attack and I don't know what I, I'm also the, the body and the thinker and I can't get out of it. And so that was that's then that was really the impetus for me to just be like after I came out of that, it took me a couple of weeks, you know, of just like really recovering from that downhill slide. And then I just remember telling myself, okay, it's time to dive deeper into healing modalities that you've not touched yet. You need to open up to some new ways of exploring healing and integrating that you, you may have never considered before. And so in just my search, I I stumbled upon things like EMDR and then also psychedelics. And it's quite amazing, Brian, when you start to tell people a little bit about these experiences, that help that just floods in. I have a, a good friend of mine who then was like, you need to read this book called How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan.
0: So you sound like there's an amazing amount of emotion that comes up and you then found somebody or friends introduced you to something. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's correct. And so it's when you ask for the support, it comes in. So I just started to read more about Healing with Psychedelics online and started listening to the book. And it all seemed very obvious. I just remember having this feeling of no, I was deeply curious, but there was no fear. There was no, it just, I don't know, it's so hard to describe. It all felt so clean and logical. And like, well, this is exactly what I have to do. This, wow, this is it was, like, it was like pulling me in, it was inviting me in. And so I just kept asking friends questions to keep finding my way to creating an experience where I could try something that in my mind was very radical as a form of healing. But the event that had happened to me a couple months ago was also radical and that needed to not happen again. I was like, I, I can't move through this world in the work that I do being that vulnerable I just, I can't, so something from the inside needs to, um, needs to take a different shape.
0: And what is that shape when you face that? Well, what does a situation need? What does the healing need to come up against something, as you said, so triggering and yeah. so jarring? Yeah. What did you need?
1: Yep. I think. So, what I needed, and what I discovered through my experience with psychedelics, was I needed a visceral embodiment of feeling uh, expansive perspective, love, and compassion I, I i I can think those thoughts. I can do my meditations. I can read books that intellectualize all that like you you should have an expanded perspective, or like I love the book of joy and And all of that intellectually settles and it, and it gets me by, right. But when these deep cuts happen, they don't, they don't touch because it's not the conscious, the aware conscious awareness, the love and the compassion aren't nested in my cells. And that's due to a childhood of adverse childhood experiences of high ACEs of, of complex PTSD, which is the prolonged trauma, um, And I already knew all of this, right? That wasn't new to me. I knew that trauma resides in the body and I know that love resides in the body. And so what I was seeking with the psychedelic experience was an opportunity for my body just like steep, like to steep in that love, to like steep in that compassion, because I didn't get that as a child and I didn't get that in other relationships that were meant to be intimate in my life. I tried to really create it for myself, like self-love, but self-love can be really hard to create when you don't have a framework or an embodiment of love to build on. So I think for me to kind of circle back to your initial question, it was, I was seeking psychedelics to allow me to steepen that love, which then allowed me to feel a different type of power, right? Because then when I When I emerged from the psychedelic experience where I absolutely felt all of those things that I was hoping for, I felt a very fierce, but quiet power about myself that I hadn't felt before. And so that, that changed everything. Whereas now I feel as if I walk in the world with this orientation and an actual body with cells that are filled with perspective, compassion, and love, where I do feel like I'm my old protector. And I can honestly say nobody can harm you. And I'm here to always protect you. That shield, that whatever, whatever that force was that I now feel I have for myself, it was there before, but it was super weak and it was penetrable. People could throw stones and it would get through. Whereas now, I just feel, it does. it's not like a callous, I can do anything and I can't be harmed. That's not what I'm saying. But there's just the fiercest form of protection for myself that has been in this integration phase, a really beautiful byproduct of the experience that I hadn't expected.
0: I love that because what I'm hearing is this dichotomy of fierce compassion. It's very binary, but melts well together, doesn't it?
1: It does. It does. And it doesn't mean I show up in the world angry or distant or anything. It's actually the opposite. I'm still very much all of the ways I was in the world, which is kind and compassionate and loving and curious and open. But I feel that those dispositions and ways of being in the world, while wonderful, They were lacking this little like invisible shield that then when somebody would turn anger around on me or turn hate or judgment around on me, it would go right to my core. Whereas now I'm still all of those things in the world, but there's like this, like, (laughs) it sounds silly, like an inner force field that's just like, like, you can't, you can't penetrate this. And that's just beyond wonderful. And, and it.
0: What's the emotion coming up when you say this right now? I'm witnessing and hearing beyond wonderful, but it sounds as if there's an emotion deeply connected to that as well.
1: Yeah, there is. And it's It's surprising.
0: There's no apology. What is it coming (laughs) up right now?
1: Well, you know, what I'm also discovering in the integration after the psychedelics, and this is why I'm discovering the beauty of this medicine is that the moments that I was in the state and steeping right in that again perspective love compassion it's taking multiple shapes now after in the integration phase and there's no question that one of them is grief One of them is grief of the lovelessness that I received that left me that vulnerable to the world. And so when there's times when I reflect on how strong I feel right now and stable and connected, it's very natural to then have my thoughts be like, and I call, you know, just to say to myself, gosh, I'm so sorry that. That wasn't built for you over time in your family structure. And so then I just feel this, like <laughs> these heights of love coupled with then profound awareness of the lovelessness. And so it, this is the, the, what's being produced in the integration that I didn't anticipate was when I got in the nucleus of my own love and fierce protection. It's both like paving forward a future for me based on like, I can walk in the world and feel safe. That's huge. I never knew that. But it's also, Ryan, it's healing the past at the same time. It's like forward facing and it goes back at the same time. So the healing is like, it's bilateral and I know it isn't linear. I don't just don't know the word for it. <laughs>
0: Well, um, oh, that's that infinity, that infinity looping of back on itself and coming to heal something from the past, and also honoring the, the trail forward is what I'm hearing you articulate so well.
1: So the emotion is is grief. Emotion are these it's it's these little moments that that I see very clearly the the loss and the absence of that in my past. And the grieving, it's allowing me, it's almost like when I feel the grief the force field gets even stronger. And I'm just like, how can this be? How can this be that, you know, the grief is actually fueling in a very powerful and again, profound, loving, calm, yet fierce way. It's mind blowing.
0: Is there a intuition that grief is on the horizon that I'm going to have to look at more things with being fiercely loving and compassionate of oneself. It seems to me that there's something almost wanting to birth itself or exonerate itself within your story.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I also feel that I feel that there's such intuition in our emotions and in our spirits. And I also believe that What's brought to the surface to be seen is brought in very timely divine manners. And so this thing that I needed to look at through the psychedelic experience couldn't be seen any sooner. So there's a reason why knowing about psychedelics as a healing modality never landed on me before because it potentially could have caused damage. I wasn't strong enough. I'm strong enough now. And so with the fierce strength that came from the embodied cellular experience of the medicine and those moments that I experienced it has now given me a sense of safety and protection that now I can fully turn and look back fully. I've been peeking over my shoulder (laughs) at my past. (laughs) I've been like, I know there's something back there, but I'm not turning around. I'm just going to like peek every now and again and just like, okay, when I see what whatever I see, when I peek, I can ingest that because it's just a little bit. But now I'm ready to just fully like turn backwards and and face it and know and know in my bones that it won't hurt me, it won't destroy me, and that if anything, now more than ever, I have exactly what I need based on the psychedelic experience to integrate grief. And for me, the grief is because I've looked it up a little bit online because I had never really thought of myself as needing to grieve. But with ACEs and childhood trauma, I believe what I'm grieving is like the loss of myself, the loss of that child, the loss of that, the lovelessness, the loss of the family. So it's big things. It's really big things to look at.
0: Yeah. And if I could pin something you said really eloquently, which is this idea that you just received an abundance of tools through compassion, love, and perspective that's now incrementally preparing you for a continuation of this healing so when you do look back or when you acknowledge something that needs to be checked healed or put in perspective you you've fostered something through this experience
1: yeah it's like a, it's almost like it's like a spiritual skill set you know they're are these invisible spiritual gifts that we all have but we don't talk about them and we don't because they're difficult to talk about, they're difficult to grapple and name, but we know them when we feel them. And I feel like after the psychedelic experience, I've been giving a, give it a whole new tool set of spiritual skills. I keep thinking of like a lightsaber from Star Wars. Like what color?
0: What color would you have? It,
1: <laughs> it's red. And somebody, I somebody was like. So you've had this little like lightsaber in your back pocket the whole time. And then like in the psychedelic experience, like it was put in my hand. And I was like, what is this? And then it was just like, there's a button. I'm like, there's a button. And I pressed the button and it like it got it whooshed on and it's bright red. And I'm like, oh. And so the integration phase is I'm learning how to wield it. I'm learning how it's not it's not all all over the place. I'm learning how to um, I'm learning how to wield it to just like slice through just stuff to like see it at its core. But what I love about the lightsaber analogy is that it's, I'm using light to cut through the darkness. I, I'm using the light. So there's nothing to fear, Ryan. That's the biggest thing I took from, at this point, right? It's still pretty early for me, post-psychedelic experience. But the biggest thing I'm I'm taking away from that is in the darkness, There's there's just so much light. There is.
0: Their that's kids. really remarkable. You said something that caught my attention. That as it's unfolding for you now in the integration process, can you speak to me a little bit about how fast it's been coming your way? Has it felt like it's been titrating to you at the pace that's easily digestible? What's been your experience of like yeah processing and what I would always call a kind of digesting this yeah. Thing? immense information?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you for asking it. So I felt like in the psychedelic experience, it it did the insights, the awareness, it the even the images from my childhood to face, they all came so rapidly. But it felt a lot like that excitement that I felt when you asked me how I was coming into the space. It wasn't out of a fear or an anxiety rapidness. It was out of an excitement of well, she's ready now. She's ready to look at all of this. Okay, like this is exciting, you know, feeling the same energy in the integration phase where it's like, I'm asking like, tell me more. Give me. I want to I see more. And though the fact that I do practice yoga and I do practice mindfulness and I do have a very full life, I am very aware of like the necessity to, to, to slow it down very intentionally. So there's this excitement and eagerness to be just like, okay, now I know how to clean up my pain. Okay, cool. You know, but now it's like, yeah, but you got to take it one box at a time. And it's like when you're cleaning out your basement and then you find the box with all the pictures, like sit down with the pictures and like go through them and sit with the picture and pause with it. Not just grab a bunch of boxes from the basement and just toss them out. So I feel that that's what this is, is feeling, picking up the boxes, the density of past pain, feeling their weightedness, and then every box has something a little different. And some boxes are going to take me a lot longer and others, I'm just like, yeah, I'm not even looking in that, just toss it out.
0: (laughs) That's a really wonderful metaphor. The boxes, the pictures and the mindfulness exercise of acknowledging it, accepting it and bringing awareness to this whole. Yeah. But also knowing that we have to have one foot in reality still, do our due due diligence in our day, pay attention to our children, pay attention to our partners, engaging in work and know that in a way we could put it on the shelf and then sacredly take it down to integrate, to honor at some level.
1: Yeah. And I I would say that that has been the biggest challenge, not because... Well, first of all, because it is difficult, right? When I, At least for me, when I go in that space of wanting to do that type of spiritual cleaning, I, I kind of want to stay there. I like it. You know, I, I kind of like wielding that lightsaber and like like, this is fun. And I have very real commitments. And so what I've done, what's been working for me as of late, and that could change, is just every day I designate 45 minutes in the morning of that time of like, this is the time and what's meant to come through during this time is when it's going to come through. So I kind of like, it's like a meeting with myself, you know, and it's not touchable. And then if nothing comes through Ryan in that 45 minute window of time, I just let that be. And then if, and like we spoke about earlier with the grieving, the grieving doesn't wait for that 45 minute window. (laughs) The grieving is like, yeah, it's cute. She thinks that she can like us up and put us down when she wants like the grieving always comes through when let's say I'm driving and I have my family in the car and an insight just drops and an awareness right about something that's incredibly healing and I have a full face of makeup and the tears start rolling and it's like okay this is not so the tension for me in those moments, Ryan, are too, and I put Kleenex all over my car and my house. <laughs> I have. I'm just
0: well done. <laughs> well, well done. Like <laughs> anything, everywhere. I was, right.
1: I'm ready. I all need
0: stuck in Kleenex.
1: <laughs> it's true. I just I do my best to not get fully consumed by it, and like because I can't, I'm driving. I can't bend over and weep. And plus, it would scare the children. I think. But if they ask and they see, because they do. I just tell them that I'm just feeling something and it's okay to feel. And, and then what I'll do Ryan is if it's overwhelming, I'll, I'll mark it. I'll write it in my journal and then I'll ask to revisit it the next day when I've got some space for it, but I've discovered I have to create the space for it to really do the deep intentional integration, but it's happening all the time. Uh, My dreams are different. Dreams are different even now too. So it's happening in my dream states without me even attempting to control that as well.
0: It's such a valuable point to be brought, the idea of giving space and yet containing it. So again, there's this real kind of like pulsating, breathing life force after the experience, this idea that it's not just the experience, but really where the substance and juicy opportunity is, is this idea of like working with it practically And I love what you said is allowing dreams, the super consciousness to come in, the storylines to chew on. Have you noticed anything of recent that has surprised you with the integration process, knowing that this is very new to you? Has something given you a little glimpse of laughter or what I always call the cosmic setup is in the (laughs) integration process. We find things that are like, is this really happening? (laughs)
1: oh yeah I just there's so many things flooding in right now I'm just picking the one I think the biggest thing is this awareness of just how precious everything is and I really love that word like everything's just precious and things have always been I felt like I engaged the world from a sense of preciousness but even now more than ever I'm just my body's going a lot slower. And so I'm able to see just like how wonderful these little micro moments of my life are. And and the the laughable part of that, the giggle comes from being like, it's always been that way. It's always been that way. Actually, nothing has changed since your psychedelic experience. Yet everything has changed. And so that's what's that's what makes me kind of giggle is like, oh it was all there the whole time. I just didn't have right. the eyes to see it. And now I see it. And now I'm just like, oh my gosh, can you all just see like, <laughs> like this, you know, I know this is classic like psychedelic talk, but like, can't you tell that like on the leaves, the the little dewdrops, they're like diamonds. <laughs>
0: and right. it's
1: just so, I, I try not to express that too much because people are like, oh gosh,
0: You sound (laughs) like you're channeling Robert Hunter right now. It sounds like straight out of a Grateful Dead song. (laughs) Two drop diamonds on the green leaves.
1: I'm telling you, I see that all now. And um, I really feel like it's clear the universe was vibrant and alive pre-psychedelic experience. But now post it, it's just like, even without the psychedelic medicine in my body, it's, it's still embedded something. It's, it's changed my orientation. So I can just still see the things in a, in a more exaggerated state. And by exaggerated, I just mean more in their innate precious beauty. And I love that because it's mesmerizing to walk through the world looking at it that way. But the part I love most is how it allows me to see other people because I then see elements and tenants of them that I hadn't picked up on before that. I'm just like, wow. and then about Myself too. It's just, it's really quite connective and wonderful and I'm so grateful for it.
0: I love that. So it leads me to ask Genevieve, what is on your psychedelic horizon, knowing that this is such a monumental experience for you. How are you going to, or what are you going to look at to know if you would do this again or when it would be calling you? You talk a lot mm-hmm. real intimately about invitations and timing, and I really, really appreciated that,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, for me, there's no question I will do it again. There's no question that I will use maybe different types of medicine to just experience different again fractals of perspective because now I'm curious like super curious and but I really and and but I really believe in the sacredness of this medicine and so for me I'm going to follow my intuition for when it says you're ready to look at again something big or something else or you're ready for the next level of of perspective expansion Because I think that it's, I don't know if you've ever, this great book, it's called A Thousand Plateaus by Deleuze and Guattari. they're French philosophers. And this book is just as thick as can be and it's really difficult to read. But I love this concept of a thousand plateaus of like, I'm just on a plateau right now and then another psychedelic experience will bring me to another plateau and just another and there's just unlimited plateaus and I'm not seeking any one destination. I'm just seeking to like have this experience of after i do another psychedelic moment that's very sacred and protected and in a safe setting which is how i like to do them i i can't wait to find out what i'm ready to see so i'm waiting you know i'm waiting and not trying not to put a timeline on it but there's but i will absolutely do it again and again and again not to escape anything but to just keep integrating because this first experience has just shown me like there's just, there's so much to see and you get to choose what you want to see and what you want to track down. And it's, I get to decide.
0: How lovely. I always love to ask, what are you doing today to walk a little more gently with yourself and in this world?
1: Mm-hmm. It's something that I've been doing since the experience because after the experience, those, the aftercare, the going really, really slow, the several days after, almost like a, like emerging from a type of a surgery. I've really carried that through in every single day. I've not to this point yet fallen back into my busy mind of just getting through the day and getting things done. And there's a lot to get done. So, I find that today the orientation toward the work that I have to do today is it's a lot slower and I'm I it's less about getting work done and doing work it's more about no this is my day to have for myself and my experiences and work will be part of it but work work is like serving me versus me serving the work and so it's just a very different way of moving or flowing through my day when I know that the work is here to serve me. And by work, I mean like the literal work of our jobs. <laughs> and and so that that perspective is the one that I put on every morning and just go slow with it. So I intend to do that today because <laughs> I'm still practicing. That's new. That's great. <laughs>
0: <Right. really new. laughs> it's all just a practice. <laughs> yeah, very much still practicing. Thank you for <laughs> this. You're welcome.